Because we live in a, in a society that's constantly dealing with real. You know, when prayer and scripture reading, going to church and loving your neighbor, you know, when it just isn't real. I mean, come on, let's get real. Look at, look, look at our schedule. Look at our society. We, we got to just get real with each other. No, it's time, if, if being real is not in the Word of God, not, you know, cheerful giver, not loving your neighbor, not being in service, not, hello, somebody, if that's being real, then you better get unreal real quick. Hello? Time, time to get unreal. I said it's time to get unreal. Remember Isaiah said in the presence of God, he said, woe is me for I am undone. Undone. We've been talking about undone. See, the problem with a lot of people is they're just done. They're just done. They know so much and they've been through so much and they're so wise and so sharp. They got it together. So they're just done. God can't do anything new in their world. Because they're done. Sit around and, you know what, there, there's a possibility that some of y'all are sitting in a service like this. And, well, I've seen this before. I've been around this stuff all my life. And, and, and you know, I know what will happen. They'll get a little excitement going for a couple, three, three weeks. And then it'll be back to normal. You are done. Oh, come on. When the presence of God that has the ability to change lives from the inside out, when the anointing that can destroy a yoke and remove a burden is in the house and you didn't get nothing, I say you are done. Time to get undone. So time to get undone. And when reality for you, what you know, well, I just, I just want to be real. Real what? I don't want to put on anything. This is the way God made me. Oh no, it ain't. That's the way sin has perverted you. See, if you're being real, what if your real is real rude? What if your real is self-serving? What if your real is lost? It's time to get unreal. Ephesians chapter 4. We, we got a few scriptures. Is it all right we have church this way? I know you're sitting there wondering when you're going to get your bottle of water later. Jim's wondering when we're going to take the offering later. Hook up here. Check this out. Ephesians 4. I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. That you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. Check it out. King James says, I think it says walk. Don't walk the way everybody else out there, people who are separated from God, don't walk like they walk. See, because something is influencing your walk. Right? I, I think I'm good. I'm going to give you a couple minutes off. Serious. Yeah. Because uh, otherwise, I, well, I know what it's like to stand there all night and have the preacher get going and forget. You know, and then after church, he's dead, and I expect him to do it again tomorrow. So 
Take a couple of minutes, Tony. Give Tony a hand. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Unreal. See, your walk, your, your walk is influenced by something. You are under the influence. Don't, don't be under the influence that everybody else is under, you know, the people who don't have what you have. You, you know what it's like when you watch somebody who's under the influence of alcohol, to, you watch them walk. You can tell they've been tipping it again. Hello? You can tell. See, people can tell whose influence you're under. Come on. We, we can see it. Well, it's, I'm just going to be real. No, you're just being carnal. Uh, you, you're just being separated from the life that God really wants you to have. You're just walking and trying to justify a bad attitude. You, you're just trying to cover. We don't want to cover. He said, I insist on it. Don't live that way in the futility of their thinking. In other words, their mindset gives no room for God's power to change them. Look at the next verse. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God. If it's even possible that your belief system could separate you from the life of God. Stop for just a moment. We can't live separated from the life of God. I know, I know the life that Jesus came to give us, the Zoe, God life, he came to give us. I'm going to tell you something. There ain't that great a percentage of believers that I know who are living Zoe. Not consistently. I, I'm, I'm on the board of Sound the Alarm, which is a group of, of uh, pastors praying for the state of Washington. There's 5,400 churches in the state of Washington. We're praying and believing God for revival in every single church. And what, what motivates me is the fact that I know Zoe. And, and I'm not saying I live it and you don't, so you've got to start acting like me. That's, that's not what I'm saying. I know what God life is supposed to be. And I'm not seeing it anywhere. Because we are so bound by a world that has conformed us into its image. And I ain't living that way. And I'm not leading a group of people that are far from God and feel good about it. Darkened in their understanding, separated from the life of God. And you know what You know what was difficult this week is I'm reading this and God's saying, now, he's writing to those people saying, look, don't be like them other guys who are separated from the life of God. What happens when we live in a society that's already there? Oh, come on now. We leave the lights low so nobody can see you tonight. Okay. Let's, let's hang out in God's presence and let him deal with us. 
You know, how sad is it when we are separated from the life of God, but we, we, we can't even admit it. You get up and, and take off and somebody cuts you off in traffic and the word of God just flows fluently, doesn't it? Somebody does something to you or says something about you and it's just the love of Jesus that just rises up. Now, we're separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of our hearts. Hello, somebody. The hardening of our heart. When, we hear, when we, we're sitting here right now tempted to think of people who really need this. Planning who we're going to buy the CD for, and God brought you here to talk to you. He brought this word to talk to me. The hardening of the heart. Look at verse 19. Lost all sensitivity. They have given themselves over to another lifestyle that's not the God life. And they've got a lust for even more. Hearts are hardened. They're, they don't even recognize. They won't admit. They won't quit it. They, they, but they're just going to live separated and even want more of what separated them in the first place. Verse 20. You, however, did not come to know Christ this way. This ain't how you got to know Jesus, living that way. Oh, come on, somebody. I said, this ain't how you got to be connected to the giver of life, acting that way. Oh, life's about ready to get unreal. Unreal. You didn't learn him that way. Look at 21. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. Verse 22. You were taught with regard to your former way of life. Your former way of life. To put off your old self. You were taught in the former way of life. See, there was a way you lived, then you got born again, and now there's the way of life. Well, let me say that again. There was the way you lived, then you get born again, then there's the way of life. And to get the God life, you got to take off the old self. Right? Is it, is it a train? Is it a plane? No, it's super self. Peel off your shirt, and here comes yourself, your bad self, to the rescue. Time to put off. Time to put it off. You know what that says to me? That there's a new and better you available. There's a new and better you that God has in mind for you. There is a new. There's a, there's, there's a new and a better self. Because if I'm put up my old self, then he must have a plan to deal with self. There's some things i got to take off. You, you know, praying the sinner's prayer, Marty and I were talking about that this week, praying the sinner's prayer, and it changes you from the inside and out, and it's instant. 
But a lot, see, a lot of people, it's the, putting, the putting the new stuff on really isn't the issue. It's getting the old stuff off that we keep struggling with. Remember where we're at here in 4.22, but check this out in Galatians. Is it 4.19? You got Galatians 4.19. My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Listen to this. My dear children. Here, Paul's writing to this church, and, and he's got great relationship with these people. And they're like children to him. These are, you know, sons and daughters of faith. And he said, you know, I'm again in the pains of childbirth. There is something going on in, inside of me that, that, is, that is going after you. There, there's something, a passion. I, I want to read you how uh, Thayer wrote it. Just, just this one verse. My dear children, whose souls I am striving with intense effort and anguish to conform to the mind of Christ until a mind and life in complete harmony with the mind and life of Christ shall be formed in you. I'm striving with intense effort and anguish to conform to the minds of Christ. Your soul, your mind, the way you think, the way you feel, the way you make your choices until a mind and life that is in complete harmony with the mind and life of Christ is formed in you. Is formed in you. See, what, what God is doing is forming something in you to, to be made new, to, to be changed from the inside out. God's got to form something in you. There's a new and better you that God is trying to form. And you got an enemy that's trying to separate you as far as he can and as quickly as he can from the presence of God so that nothing new can be formed in you. You, you with me? How, how many of you have seen the footage of, of Tiger Woods when he was five? And he's got the club. Five years old. In his heart, he's already a champion. But he can't win no tournaments at five. Now, he might be better than your average five-year-old, but his grip's still wrong. At five, his swing is not pure. But by the time he reaches your age, Todd, he's going to be really good by that time. Why? Because every day, he's perfecting his form. He's a champion that knows he's got to work on his form or else when he hits the course, the wrong form, the old form. How many of you are watching Dancing with the Stars? Go ahead, raise your hand. Don't be nervous. Yeah, bunches of you. When they start, they sucketh. They ain't got no rhythm. They got club feet. They are horrible. It is almost torture when one of your family members says, sit down with me and watch this show.
Now, I've seen it before, and I know that by the end, it's going to be better. But at the beginning, this is a mess I don't want to watch. And I think that's one of the areas where me and God probably are a lot alike. He's seen it before, and he knows by the end, you're going to be all right. But at the beginning, this is something hard to watch. Because as you learn the Jesus dance, you ain't got no rhythm. You got club feet. You can't get your groove on. You just stand there when the music's playing going. So you're still learning the Jesus dance. But by the end, oh, your feet will be smooth. You'll, you'll have what it takes, but not without lots of practice. So you've got to take some old stuff off, some old thought processes, some old belief systems. See, if you think praise is for girls, you are in the ignorance of your mind and the hardening of your heart has separated you from the life that God's calling you to. See, if you are under the impression that I can stand silently in the presence and it does the same thing, then you are in the ignorance of your mind being separated from the life of God that he has called you to. Well, I'm just not like that. I have a quiet praise to Jesus. You need to study the word praise. It can't be quiet. See, the hardening of your heart, what does that mean? That means when your mind is so solid that you can't receive new thought. The hardening of your heart, the word heart is thoughts and feelings all the way through the Bible. So when you are so set in your way that God couldn't possibly do anything outside the borders of your comfort level, you're separated from the life that God's trying to bring you. That's what, that's what I meant tonight when I said, don't make any difference what denomination you are. We can act any way we want. Whatever will accommodate God's plan. Why? Well, because we're just in Christ. But there are certain things that will draw the Holy Spirit and other things that will push Him back. Jesus said out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you have ordained praise. To silence the enemy. There is an ordained strength that's called praise that has the ability to silence hell. So when we're trying to shut the voice of hell up, you're going to have to open up your mouth and get some praise going in your life. Well, that's just not how I am. That ain't real for me. Well, then get unreal. Because what God has for you obviously cannot be obtained by the real you. Because the real you been running around doing that for all this time. You ain't got what God's got. So if you're going to get what God's got, you're going to get unreal real quick. Hello? You, see, you don't understand it. Somebody's been praying for revival in your life. And you think, you know, that it's just right here. No, remember the string going through that wall and coming up and going through that wall and on and is the string of eternity. And your, your life is a knot on that string. And you are focused on the knot and you have totally forgotten about the string. 
but your life should impact the entire string. And other knots on the string have impacted you, and you don't even know it. And somewhere before your knot got on the string, somebody asked that following my knot, they would, the other knots would experience what you have done in my world. So it could have been 50, 75, 100 years ago, somebody was praying that as we come along the scene that the power of God would fall in our life and revival would bring us back into a place where we are in hot pursuit of the purposes and plans of God. Or it could have been yesterday. I don't know. But God's trying to bring revival into your world. And since revival's coming, trust me, revival can't happen. It won't look like what you already got. So to think that what you got's good enough, that's to look at God and say, what you got, I don't need. I got it going on now. Is there a possibility your heart has been hardened? That you have the courage and the gall to look God in the face and say, what I got is great. And the reason I don't want what you got is because I don't want people thinking that what I got is like that. See, I, I, I present my Jesus this way. Well, the problem is, is that your Jesus ain't the Jesus that your family needs. I mean, can we be real for just a minute? If the Jesus your friends needed was the Jesus you got, then how come they still in big yogurt? If the Jesus that we got is what Tri-Cities needs, then how come Tri-Cities isn't excited about our Jesus? Here's the deal. To get... To get what God's got, you got to let go of what you have. Where were we? Ephesians 4.21. 4.22, you were taught with your former way. In other words, there's a new way. There's a new way. The former way, put off the old self. Look at verse 23. To be made new, that's... To be made new, that's not all of verse 23, is it? I don't think it is. Be, yeah, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Okay, back up to 20, 22. Let me read the whole thing together. This, I got this thing memorized, King James, and so when I read it NIV, I'm like, what? Okay. So you were taught with regard to your former way to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, but be renewed, constantly made new. The Amplified says, be constantly made new. Constantly. Constantly. Why? Because what you get new tonight is going to be old tomorrow. God wanted to do a new thing tomorrow too. So you, get, you might as well get ready because when you get unreal, it's going to get really, really unreal. To be made new in the attitude of your mind, it, to, to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Your mind's going to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Look at verse 25. Put on, uh, did I skip 24? Okay, go to 24. She's better than I am. I'm like looking at numbers. Put on the new self. Put on, put on the new self. See, there's a new self God wants to give you. Don't you think it's weird that if the old self is good enough that God would give you a new self? So why are you justifying the old self? This is the way I am. Well, in an hour, you're going to say, that's the way I was. But this is the way I am now. Put on the new self created to be like God. Oh. 
created, you were created to be like God. Oh, God-like is unreal. Are you with me? God-like is unreal. Tom-like is ungodlike. Hello? Come on now. To be like God. Created to be like God. You're going to put on the new self. The new self getting put on you. The new self. Look at somebody say, hello, fresh and new. I, I, I don't want to be a fake. I don't want to be a put on. Well, the Bible says to. The Bible says to put on, put it on. Take off that old thing, put on the new thing. Get used to the new thing. Recognize the difference between it and your old thing. Because when your old thing shows back up, you're going to have to get back away from the old thing, get back into the new thing. God's wanting to do a new thing, so you need a new self. I said you need a new self. You need a new self. You need a new self. Uh, maybe, maybe you ought to just right now close your eyes and reach a hand up towards heaven, grab hold of it, and say, I receive a new self. Yeah. Get this. Many of us have tried to move into recovery. Even in prayer tonight, as we were ministering to people, it's obvious, people trying to recover. To recover. Re is the prefix that means to bring back to the original state of. Re, to bring it back, to recover. Think about that. To cover is to place something over, to conceal or hide. So when you are going to recover, you're going to come back to where you started hiding, and you're going to hide again. You're going to come back to the place where you covered it up the first time and cover it up one more time. Why? Because the covering you put on it needs to be replaced. It was placed once, but now it's got to be placed again. So in order to recover, you've got to replace what you put on to make sure that nobody could see what had just happened. But, you see, God don't want you to recover. He wants you to discover. This is the prefix that means to push down or pull away from. So when you discover, you uncover what was covered so that it is revealed so you can see it in the open. There is a new self that God wants to reveal to you, but you can't get the new self by recovering the old self. See, your hurt and your pain and your brokenness, it don't need to be covered. It needs to be revealed. Can you hear me? The deal with the presence of God. Why is the anointing coming this way? Because you can't hide in his presence. So you ain't going to get recovery. You're going to get discovery. Because the presence of God, the anointing of God is going to reach up onto your life. And it, what you wouldn't take off, he's going to pull off for you. Why? Because the real you, the bitter you, the broken you, the destroyed you, God needs that to be unreal. He needs the bitter you to be healthy you. 
He needs the broken you to be made whole you. See, you got the broken you. He's got the whole you. You got the broken self. He's got the new whole self. So he's trying to connect you to what he's got. But you got to let go of what you had. For many people, that's so hard because what they had, their identity has been in their pain. Your identity's been in who hurt you. Your mind's riveted on what happened. And God's trying to show you something new. He's trying to birth in you a life that is in harmony with Christ. If you were to read Matthew Henry's commentary on Romans 15, he said that the life of Jesus, what he said and what he did, the example of Christ was recorded only for our imitation. The, the example of Christ, what he said, what he did, was recorded for our imitation. So that when you have an encounter in life, you know how you should react. There's a reason that's called actions. You, well, I'm not going to act like I'm happy. Well, if, if you do, we know it's an act. But if you act it long enough, it's formed in you. It ain't no longer an action. See, an action will, ev will eventually become character. You perform an action long enough and it ain't an action now, it's a habit. Hello? I said, you, you, you perform an act long enough, you act like Christ long enough, pretty soon your, your character is going to be habitually in a harmony with the character of God. But at first, you are going to have to act like Christ. First, you're going to have to act like it. Get that Jesus dance. You ain't going to be able to take the steps you've been taking. Jesus dance calls for different steps. Oh, be careful how you walk. Don't, don't dance like the heathen dance. Learn the Jesus dance. Well, it ain't real. Right. It's unreal. It's unreal. It is unreal what God wants to do in you. We'll just roll through some of these next ones. Okay, put on that new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Look at verse 25. Each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. We're all, you, know, you know, some translations say when you're lying to your neighbor, you're lying to yourself. You know, don't, don't try to fake it over there that, you know, you know, and cover it up. Might as well get honest. If we are one body, you, don't be lying to everybody about your, your issues and your challenges. We all know already. Don't act like you ain't got baggage yet to drag it across the people that you're down, just down the aisle from you when you got to church tonight. They see your baggage. Put off the falsehood. Look at 26. In your anger, do not sin. You're going to get irritated. Life is irritating. 
In your anger, don't sin. And don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. You know what some of you guys need to do? Instead of justifying your attitude, before the sun goes down, deal with it. Well, that ain't the way we do it. No, that's the way Christ does it. Start acting like Christ. You're supposed to be Christ-like. You get all irritated. Tough. Get your big boy pants on. Start acting like Christ. Look at verse 27. There's just some suggestions. Don't give the devil a foothold. Give no place. The word place is the effectual position of opportunity. Don't give the enemy any place to come in here and bring back the old. Don't give him a place. When it says don't give any place to the devil, he's not, he did not say don't, don't bring your husband to the dinner table. It said, give no place to the devil. Don't give him a foot. Why do you keep giving him something to hang on to? You'd be absolutely free if you would stop justifying your lifestyle. Oh, hear me again. You would be absolutely free if you'd stop justifying your lifestyle. If you would do what Jesus told you to do. You do what the Word of God tells you to do. Wives, submit to your husband. Celebrate your husband. Husbands, love your wives. If you would just do that, you'd have peace in your home. Well, they don't deserve it. That's your, that's, you just gave the enemy stronghold. Why don't you give him something else to hang on to? Have you seen them things that it's like you're in a harness and they got the rubber bungee things and somebody behind you has it and you run against their weight? Have you seen that thing? I want one. Wouldn't that be a cool illustration? Okay, go. <laughs> Some of you are hooked up to the devil. And there are times you feel like you're making progress, but the moment you stop to rest, wow. Come on now, you know what I'm talking about. You struggle and struggle and struggle to prove you're free, to prove you're free, to prove you're free. I I told you I can make it. I told you I can make it over here and not give up that thing. <laughs> That's a whole other message, and I'm already out of time. Do not give the devil a foothold. Why? Because he'll take it. Old song says, "Don't let the devil ride." Don't let the devil ride. If you let him ride, he's going to want to drive. Don't let him ride. Hello? If you're dumb enough to get him in the car, it won't be long enough until you're dumb enough to let him steer. Just keep him out of the car. Look at your neighbor and say, I didn't know they wrote a song about you. 28, well, you're thinking it. You might as well say it. 28. Check this out. <laughs> you who are stealing, knock it off. Stop it. We know you got a Jesus t-shirt and a, you know, on my way to heaven bumper sticker. We'd like our stuff back. You know, you got to be careful out in the church parking lot. Somebody siphon your gas. Hello? 
go forward to get prayer and come back and the purse is gone. <laughs> we call that building fund. Just kidding. <laughs> if you've been stealing, knock it off, but go to work and do something useful. See, I, I know that when we read this, we automatically think of somebody sneaking around and, you know, taking stuff. And uh, how, how about just go to work and do something useful? Stealing. By the time you're done, see, is robbing people of what could have been done. You just robbed your family of what they could have had because you didn't give it to them. Now, you didn't walk in and take it. You just didn't provide it when it was your job to provide it. So you stole from them. Let me talk to the men for just a minute. You girly boys just sit there and look at your wife. But you men owe your family leadership. And if you don't give it to them, you're ripping them off. If you're not leading them in prayer, well, I'll let my wife do that. Well, she should get herself a husband. Come on, guys. I don't care how nasty the woman is that God gave you. And she's sitting there right now going, Preach! It would be easy to justify the fact that you ain't leading because look at what you got. But you still have the obligation to be the man God's called you to be. And if you ain't, you're robbing your family. And you're going to sit around and, look at, and say, well, look what the devil messing with them. No, that was you. Do something useful. Do something useful with your own hand. I really think there's a strong anointing I should go on here. Look at verse 29. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Oh, this might change us. I'll tell you what, go back to 28 and preach all you want on that dad thing. No. 29 says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Well, we just try to fit in with society. That's the problem. You trying to fit in and God called you to stand out. That's kind of our mindset, isn't it? We just, well, it doesn't really matter. Really? I wonder why they wasted the space to put it in the Bible. I wonder how many other things God said don't really matter. I wonder how much of our life we've completely wasted trying to get in agreement with the Word of God. Because it didn't really matter. How about this? How, how about this? And the reason I can be passionate is because God has dealt with me and I'm having to change. And I don't care whether you do or not. That's between you and God. 
but you're going to hear what God said. And he said, that stupid talk coming out of your mouth that sounds like the world. Well, I'll just, okay, look, the family, they're, they're at homecoming tonight, so I'll just, I'll just be blunt with you, okay? Let me just tell you what God said to me. If you're going to cuss, do it and quit hiding behind pretty words. And instantly, my mind went to men's retreat. Rick Godwin said that those guys, those fishermen, they were fishermen. And Jesus' spirit spoke in my spirit and said, who are not yet formed into my image. So I'll tell you how we'll know when you're being Christ-like. When you're talking the same way you would talk as if Christ were standing right next to you. Well, I'd probably say them nasty words there too. The hardening of your heart has separated us from the God life. So just so you know, so when we're creating an atmosphere the Holy Ghost is attracted to, what we're doing is we're getting to a place where he can soften our hardened hearts. Hear me, guys. Grew up in this stuff. And I know that there's a, there's a lot of people who are really attracted to goosebumps and, you know, uh, falling down. But the purpose of the presence of God is to soften you for the purposes of God. So when he comes moving in like this, it's because he's needing to change you. But he's got to soften you up first. Don't let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their need. That it might be a benefit to those who listen. If, if, why? Because words turn into thoughts and Thoughts turn into emotions, and emotions turn into choices, and choices dictate your actions, and actions create your character, or your habits, and habits going to produce your character, and your character is going to determine your final outcome. We taught the youth just this week that you cannot have great character in a crappy outcome. Can't happen. Check out Joseph. Gets a word from God, don't he? meditates on it, thinks on it. it. His emotions get in alignment with God's plan. He starts making choices. He chooses to believe. He chooses, right? He's creating habits. Those actions are creating habits. He's sold by his brothers. But he remembers the word that he has meditated that has created the, 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 you know, the emotional health he's got. Pops back up again to the top. Potiphar's wife accuses him. He ends up in prison. Ah, oh, but he's got good character. Then you can't have a nasty outcome in good character. So his good character brings it back. Number two in the nation. You cannot have great character and a horrible outcome. Neither can you have a great outcome and horrible character. So the words you're speaking and the words you're listening to are pretty important. So only speak what is helpful for building others according to their needs according to their needs. Well, I just need to say something. You don't say something because you have a need. Right now, ain't nobody saying nothing. <laughs> All right. Next. These are just helpful suggestions to get you started. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Oh, in other words, in other words, 
If you're doing what he told you not to do or not doing what he said, then you are grieving the Holy Spirit of God. Don't you understand that you have an enemy whose only purpose is to separate you from the life God's called you to? Don't you realize that you have an enemy whose only purpose his only purpose is to get you to let go of what God's trying to give you. Don't you get it? That if he can get you to do what everybody else has done, you'll have real life. Real life is wrong when God wants your life to be unreal. Fitting in is wrong when we've been called to stand out. getting our hands every now and then on what God has for us to every once in a while stand there in the Zoe spot, but only to be pulled back by the tension that a life separated from God has connected us to. No, no, time to take off those, you know, uh, you know everything that has that connected to it. Time to cut that old thing off. Put the old thing down. Let's get over here. And, you know, the problem with the new thing is that it's uncomfortable. At first. Back to dancing with the stars. The look on their face when they're showing their first rehearsals does not compare to the look on their face when they're competing for the prize. Because by the time you shift over to where you know what's going, oh, everything changes, comfort levels change might be uncomfortable loving your neighbor. But after it's formed in you, it'll be second nature. It's uncomfortable for some people to walk in victory, but after you have formed it, you've practiced it, it won't be long. And there it is. And all of a sudden, you, you'll, you'll get your groove on. You look, it, it'll, look, it'll look good on you. There's some stuff you've got to be willing to cut off. You've got to be willing to let that old thing go. Well, this is the way I've always been. Oh, I hope you don't say that a month from now. I think that the entire church ought to be dealing with stuff saying, this is entirely new to me. Where do we go from here? You know, next week's is 100-fold weekend. If you're only going to, you know, this is kind of funny saying here, if you're only coming to church one time this year, <laughs> I hope you come one more. <laughs> next weekend, too. Hundredfold weekend, we're going to believe God for some crazy stuff. In this new year, we, you know, the coming year, we're believing God for some huge stuff. We're, we're going to believe God for stuff that can only get done because of the Holy Ghost. You want to know why? Because we ain't going to do it without Him. But to do what God's called us to do is going to take some new folks doing it. And all along the journey, well, well, well what's coming up? It's totally new. What does that mean? We haven't got a clue. You know, I, I don't know, you know, they don't teach in Leadership 101 to walk out and say, we don't know what's going on, so let's just pray. You know, that's just not good leadership. But the fact of the matter is, is that it's all new. Why? Because God's doing something. God's moving. God's leading. God's guiding. We're going to do some new stuff. We're not going to do it the way everybody else has done it. Trust me. We, we're learning our Jesus dance steps. The Holy Ghost is going to do some crazy, unreal stuff 
in your life. I mean crazy, good, unreal stuff in your life. Things you didn't have an appetite for, you ain't going to be able to get enough of. You're going to be hungry, thirsty, and more. Blessed. Position to win or succeed in any given situation in life. Position to win. Well, let me tell you something. Once you've had victory, you'd like a little another piece of it. It's kind of like bread pudding at Famous Dave's. You dip in there once, you'll be back. You don't even care that you waited two and a half hours to get in. crazy when they first opened up you go down there and get in line remember one night Shelby's family was all together there's like what 20 of us Shelby went up a couple hours early get the table while the rest of us played in the water we got out of the water and took our time and went up and sat another hour and a half with her out in the lobby there Waited for other people to show up. Family, sh- you know, you know how family are. Some of them never show up until really late, and they were early. You know the ones that we were worried we're going to miss dinner. Nope. I can't remember how many hours we spent that night in Famous Dave's. I believe it was like five. Twenty of us, bunch of little kids starving to death. Five hours later. All I could think about was my next time back. <laughs> now, that's some good bread pudding right there. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. That bread pudding must be rocking. And they gave me a little coupon because I had to wait so long. I was thankful I'd waited that long. I can't wait. I cannot wait until that's our attitude towards the presence of God. Oh, we just hung out there and waited. We just waited and we just waited. They that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. Right, are you tired of waiting? Not me. Uh-uh. Why? Because I know what's coming. Once I get in there and once I dip my feet in a little water, once I wade around there a little bit and I head home, I can't wait to get back the next time. Hello, somebody. Why? Because it's unreal what God's doing in us. Amen? Will you close your eyes and bow your heads? Let me pray for you. Team. If you can, will you join us up here? Just before we go, I I realize it's late. It's not that late. 